Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. The following podcast contains strong language, like what the actual fuck. Hello there, I'm Paul Shahidi, also known as the Reverend Francis Seaton in this country, and you're listening to WTAF. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. <laughs> Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What? The actual fuck. Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF of this country podcast number 36 in the Australia Apple Podcast TV review chart. So Woo! not only not only have we uh, conquered New Zealand, we've now conquered all of Australasia. <laughs> if, that is, if that is right, that that uh, that deep um Seth Rogen type laugh there was from Neil. Hello, Neil. Hello, Pav. Are you all right? I'm okay. How are you? Oh, goody, goody, goody. Good. And joining us this week, we have one of our lovely Patreon peepers. It's the one and only Doug. Hello there. How are we? <laughs> We're all good. I thought, well, don't leave me hanging, Doug. Don't leave me hanging. <laughs> you're all right then, mate. Yeah, you're good? Yes, very well. Very well. And you're, oh, you're, you're, we're all right. You're all prepared to uh, to sort out Arthur. <laughs> I am. I've, I've made more notes on Arthur than I probably did for some of my exams when I was a student. You know, this this has been a serious, serious project researching the life and times of Arthur Andrews. Well, that is wow. what I like. That is the kind of um, just the kind of work we like to see people put in. And if only Neil could just take a couple of leaves out of your book, it'd be wonderful. Rather than just do two pages. Indeed. <laughs> it, it, it'll probably come across as what Curtin would call um, unfiltered guff. You know, you, you can be the judges, <laughs> as, as, as can the listeners, of course. We'll see. We shall see. Now, before we do that, we need to uh, just go through Sue Mucklow's scores uh, from last week. Um, now, Samantha has very kindly once again given us her little... Uh, I don't want to say little, yeah, in-depth um, view of Sue Mucklow. And I thought I'd have a little bit of music. We did mention this, I think, last week, but we've got a little bit of music to play underneath this. So here we go. 
<laughs> so gather round, children, <laughs> as I tell you the story of Sue Mucklow uh, from Samantha. Now, she was a daughter of a local farmer. She enjoyed a cheerful childhood, happily feeding animals and collecting eggs. In her teens, she hand-reared an orphan calf named Ivy before showing her at the county fair where she won junior handler in the Gloucester breed class two years on the trot. Her love of animals led to a work experience placement at Cotswold Wildlife Park and later a job as a trainee keeper where her manager encouraged her to apply to study for a diploma in animal welfare at the local cottage. Sadly, her application wasn't successful and she turned to comfort eating to cope with the rejection. As a result, she rapidly gained weight, started refusing to leave the house and lost her job for repeatedly failing to show up. Life looked to be on the up when a chance meeting at the village carnival led to a summer of love, but a newfound happiness was short-lived as Martin was lurking in the shadows. He stalked and propositioned Sue at every opportunity until her resolve finally faltered on a trip at Stonehenge, a decision that led to a lifetime of heartache for her lost first love, a baby she didn't like, and the future with a man she couldn't really trust. Ah, oh, that almost wow. that almost was like almost like the right time. We're only a couple of seconds away and let the music just play out. But there you go. Right, thank you, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've got to give it to Samantha, though. That's awesome. There you That's go. I'm, I'm quite devastated. Um, the music ooh. adds to the touch, doesn't it? It definitely makes yeah. it more. Yeah. Although I, I think I did fuck it up. It's a baby she didn't really want, not a baby she didn't like. Going on to something else now. Okay, don't need that. Um, yeah, so a baby she didn't really want and a future with a man she couldn't really trust. So there you go. That was uh, Samantha's in-depth view. story. And what I'm hoping is if we think that's in-depth, let's wait and see what Doug has for our <laughs> Oh, God, the bar uh, high now, but we, yeah, I we'll know. see. We'll see. So these are the final scores for Sue. Got range, 68. Uh, Peeper, just nine. Random Acts of Kindness, 39. Cockwomble, 68, and having a laugh, 19. So, a couple of highs, a couple of lows, doobie-doo, doobie-does. <laughs> okay, so we're on to Arthur Andrews. We're going to leave Doug to last because we're going to, we're going to, you know, leave the best to last, I think. We're going oh, to build, we're going to build it up so much. So I'm going to go first this time. You go for it, pal. Okay. Are you ready? Here we go. Right. So I'm going to take you back to the Top Hat Working Men's Club in South Wales in 1964. And there's a young Arthur heading to a gig where he would be singing with his band Cart. That was King Arthur's Round Table. That was the name of his band. They got a puncture and couldn't get to the gig in time, which was a shame as Gordon Mills, a music manager from London, was there to take a look, look at Arthur and offer to manage him. Instead, Mills saw one Thomas Woodward, who changed his name to Tom Jones, and the rest was history. After a few years of struggling in more working men's clubs around the country, Arthur saw Tom on TV and it destroyed his dreams of what could have been. 
He would occasionally get back on the stage, including his short stint as a duo with Sandra, as discussed in a previous episode, but his silent war with Tom Jones would be a splinter under his skin forever. Okay. There you go. He could have been a sex bomb, but he wasn't. Could have been the the alternate Tom Jones. Indeed. Right then, Neil. Right. Well, here we go. Here's my little story of Arthur, or what I think was. Um, Let's set the scene to begin with, like you did, pal. Funnily enough, Arthur is the same age as Len, albeit with a month's difference. So this will lay course for the rest of his life. He grew up in the next village over from where uh, Len was and the action of this country takes place and was already rivals with said Len when they played rugby at schools, at their different schools. When he left school, he enlisted in the army at exactly the same time when Len, as we had it, joined the Navy. Arthur had an extensive career in the military and worked his way up the rankings where he married a lady from the village ahead of Len, who was trying to court her first. You see, I used the word court. I was behaving myself this time. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He led a happy life in the village till his wife passed, and he downsized into a smaller house, ending up neighbours with Len. And that's where it became history with his feud. Oh, okay. And now, (laughs) live on... I'm, I'm glad we're, we're on the same wavelength that way because we are getting to the root of uh, Arthur's bitterness, um, which which is sort of an angle I've taken as well. So I've also got Arthur born uh, in a village, not the village that we know and love, uh, but not too far away. Um, in his very early years, he was a very happy young man, always helping around the house with the chores. And if there was nothing that he could help his parents with, he'd maybe help the neighbours out, help the elderly, whatever they needed. Uh, he'd wash their cars, get their groceries, you know, even do their gardening with them. And that's how he discovered his love of gardening. He met his best friend Gavin at school and together, at the youngest age ever, in, or well, in recorded history, they entered the giant vegetable competition with what would be their prize marrow. It was all looking good. These two were the pillars of the community, albeit only aged uh, 12, until one day when the Clifton family moved into the village. Their youngest son, Leonard, was a brute. The kind of kid, if Charlie in the Chocolate Factory had had an extra evil child, it would have been this one. <laughs> Aggressive, rude, you know, all, all the bad traits. Um, and, you know, he did have one, you know, redeeming feature was that he used to help his parents out at their soup store. But even then, he would charge them by the hour. Anyway, none of this bothered Arthur and Gavin. They were fine. Uh, what bothered them was how popular Leonard was at school because it was way more cool, apparently, or whatever the word is back then, to be a brute, to be stubborn, to be roguish, uh, than to be like Arthur and Gavin, uh, with their, what I've called spontaneous acts of goodwill, if you get the Easter egg there. Nice. Um, so they quickly learned from Leonard that being nice just didn't cut it. Didn't, uh, didn't, yeah, didn't do the job. But Gavin struggled with this. Arthur was fine. Arthur was, you know, keen to just be the good guy, the nice guy. But Gavin didn't, so he started spending more and more time with Leonard, who had a really bad influence on him. And one morning, on the morning of the Village Hall Giant Vegetable Competition, Arthur made it to Gavin's garden to collect the marrow. They could bring it down together and hopefully collect their prize. But it was nowhere to be seen. (sighs) 
So he looked all over the shop. It was nowhere. He went to the village hall. Maybe Gavin's brought it down early, but it's nowhere to be seen. And then he sees it. He sees Leonard stirring a giant pan vigorously like a maniac, even though that's probably the best way to stir said soup. And on the <laughs> side next to the soup, it read marrow soup. Gavin had betrayed Arthur with his new friend, Leonard, and given up their prize marrow, the symbol of their friendship. So Arthur decided naturally never to speak to Gavin ever again. It was the start of the summer holidays, so he didn't have to see him at school for many weeks. Uh, and when Gavin visited the house several times, he ordered his parents to say he was out or unavailable. Gavin also sent Arthur numerous letters, but he burnt them all straight away. I mean, what else can you do? What can you say after such a monstrous betrayal? Anyway, one night, Arthur decided to go and spy on Gavin's house to see if he was probably, you know, having a laugh with his new friend, Leonard. When he arrived, there was a new family living there. Gavin and his family were gone. A new family were moving in, and they recognised, well, they just figured out that it must be Arthur. They knew he would come, and they gave him a letter from Gavin. The letter explained that it had actually been Leonard all along who had stolen the marrow from Gavin's garden. Gavin had had nothing to do with it. He just wanted to repair his friendship with his friend. But just days later, Gavin's father had announced that they were leaving the village forever. He couldn't say much, but he was in trouble with the police, something about some stolen uh, brooms, and they were going on the run. They were headed to some town far away. He didn't know how far away. He'd heard it was called something about Brisbane. I hope it's not too far. <laughs> but the letter finished. Goodbye, Arthur. Please forgive me. Do not trust Len. Wow. There you go. And that's, that's chapter one. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come back weekly. My kind of idea after that, funnily enough, was that he'd get into uh, well, into the war because we know he was involved at Dresden, which had me um, line up his uh, friendship with Van again. They would become friends. But they would basically just play tricks on each other for the rest of their lives up to now. Kind of like a... Joker Batman kind of relationship. That, that's what I had in mind, which I think could work for yours, maybe. I was going to say that 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 is that's epic shit you've got going there. That's yeah. like that's like Lord of the Rings and the Dark Knight all sort of rolled into one. If they ever do like a prequel TV series, like a episode one Phantom Menace, this that's that's what that's what it is. <laughs> the birth of Arthur, that, unbelievable. <sighs> I love a villain. Um, I, I don't think I, I wouldn't say he's like the main villain of uh, of this country. I think I think I look, we look to Martin for that. But he's 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 a bit of an antagonist in a lot of ways. So you know, it's that that backstory is uh, it's always going to be fascinating. Yeah, uh, I, he's a cantankerous old buttock. Oh, I would, that's what I would that's call right. it. Yeah, that, 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 I think that's Blackadder. I'm not going to take. Uh, I'm not going to take uh, um, the prize for that. But uh, right, so well, there you go. I mean, Samantha's going to have a work cut out there to uh, to top the epicness of that backstory. So well done, Doug, for that. Yeah, well done, Doug. That's a you know, novel and a half. You've you've paid you've paid for your entrance fee on that one. That's for sure. Okay, I, right. I, I, I feel like I've just really got to know Arthur, so thank you guys. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. See, you might watch the show in a different way now because your backstory is going to be playing in your mind all the time that you see Arthur. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, and hopefully one or two listeners will have the same. Exactly. Uh, same effect, we'll, we'll see. Exactly. Right, so we're going to now work out his scores. Um, so starting with Got Range, um, 
Doug, we'll start with you. What's your score for Arthur in a fight? Well, so I rewatched all of Arthur's scenes um, earlier today, um, you know, revision, as it were. And I noticed something that I've not noticed up until just then uh, about his walking stick. It's very, very rare that you actually see him using it um, to steady himself, as Len pretty much always does. So I think he uses that as a bit of a weapon. Um, so that was an influence. I'll tell you my score after what I've... Yeah, 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 no problem. Um, I think he's got a bit of a history of violence, which has obviously slowed down as, as he's got older and he's a bit less, um, you know, a bit, bit less able to inflict hell on people. Um, but yeah, I do think he can see red quite easily, probably not so much as Len. Um, so I've landed on 62 for got range. Okay, 62. Okay, Neil, what are you going for? Well, if I if I go back to my story where he trained in the military, he's a fiery he's a fiery sod, isn't he, Arthur? So I've got him as seventy. He still he still would have a go if he had to. Okay, well that's very interesting because I've gone for seventy as well. Oh, um, I just think that he he doesn't shirk from a fight, um, and like you say, he's a bit he's an antagonist. He he's He's always ready to... It doesn't matter what it's about. He's ready to start a fight if he wants to. So, um, yeah, I definitely feel that he is... I think think he's ready for a fight. Whether he's good in a fight is another thing. But he doesn't really... Even when Len's confronting him with the brick, he's not really backing away. He's quite happy to still carry on that fight. Yeah, it's, it's only when so, Kerry and uh, Curtin, yeah, it's only when Kerry and Curtin come in and stop it that you know who's to know where that would have gone. Uh, as much I, as I, I do, think, I think um, I think Curtin stops it. I think Kerry just watches and carries on making it worse. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that is true. That is true. Um, but yeah, I I do think that there's there's a lot in there that I think he's. Uh, I don't think he. I think he's a fighter, not a lover. Yeah, that's that's one thing with Arthur, definitely. Uh, okay, then Neil, how much of a peeper is he? Well, I don't see him as a a peeper of sorts at all. I mean, he, again, he might be like um, he might have a little look here and there and a little nosy in, but I I don't see him as a dirty sod. Okay. So I've only I've put him as fifteen. Okay, just for the fact that you know he might he might sort of miss page three or something, but nothing too serious if you know what i mean it, I, I take it I, i've not read a newspaper for years but i take it page three is not a thing anymore no that got banned probably about 10 years ago now i think really yeah. it's quite hard to imagine that there were there was a daily newspaper that had a woman's boobs in it topless every <laughs> yeah. day you know yeah. i don't know as well i don't know how long ago it got banned it wasn't as bad but um lad bible and i think maybe uni lad used to do a thing called something to help the hangover which was just a post with um with dozens of pictures of just girls in underwear and that 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 went um a long time ago as well and rightfully so but um yeah it's crazy to think of things like yeah. i mean is, uh, is, the da- is the daily sport, like daily sport still about I honestly don't know, Pav, I'll be honest. If I find one, I'll buy you one. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want one. I just wondered if it was still a because it's it definitely feels like it's something not of this time now, something that it would have been hounded out of business, if anything. 
you'd have how, thought did, so, how, did, how did we get on to <laughs> <laughs> peeping? Oh, how, yeah, many, how many times have you asked about peeper, and then I come on and we end up discussing all the ways <laughs> in page three? Exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Right. Well, I'm I'm the complete opposite to you, Neil. Um, right. Mainly because of the um, silver surfers scene, right? Where, yeah. where uh, curtain basically fesses him out and says well look oh yeah wh- why, of course i forgot about why you, what's the big jugs for you know something to keep my orchids yeah. in oh no it ain't so i've gone for 80 i think i think he's does nothing but surf the web oh, for, yeah, for free porn i don't think he pays for it i think he tries to find as much free titillation as he can find so i've gone for a, a good strong score of 80 um doug what are you gonna yeah, I've, I've gone on a similar angle. I've not gone quite that high. I've, I've gone 68. Um, and I guess to add to that, he calls Len a digital dinosaur, doesn't he? And if, if he thinks Len is a digital dinosaur, if he thinks his joke about uh, no email on Sunday, whatever it is, is so funny, then surely he should know uh, that Kurt and all the vicar will be able to see his internet history. Um, so maybe he just doesn't care. So yeah, I'd, to be honest, after this, I could probably go like, seven, I'm going to say 72. Are you going to go 72? Yeah, I'm yeah. going to revise. Can I revise my score? Because I completely yeah, of course you can. Because I because I've just added them up and worked out the the average. So of course <laughs> no, but I completely forgotten about the silver surfers. Yeah. Okay, only, gonna... I'm only going to go up to thirty five. No, you, you can change. No, it doesn't matter. You can change it whatever. Because I got to add it up again. So change it to whatever you want. Neil. No, no, I'm still going to stay quite low because I don't think he's as pervy as as you know everything. But I'll, I'll stick him straight smack bang as. Uh, 40. There you go. We'll go 40. Oh, Christ, we've stopped changing. It's 45. Gone. 37. <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> right. What number are you going for, Neil? 40. Right. That's your final offer? Final offer. 42. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Okay. All right. 40. Okay. Christ, you're such hard work, Neil. It's unbelievable. Anyway, right. You can go first for this one. Random acts of kindness. I've got a smack bang in the middle because I think it depends on the day for him, whether he would be kind enough, you know, in the street to drop a change in the, in the, in the beggars trough or something like that <laughs> the next day where he might do nothing at all, but push him with his stick. So I've gone dead down the middle with 50 depends on his mood. Okay. But you think he's got kindness in him then? I do, I do. I genuinely do. It won't be to Len, will it? But um... Ah, you say that, though. But when Len Len gets taken away in the ambulance... He is there at the back, isn't he? He's genuinely caring because you sort of almost see his real... His, he needs, it's a bit like Doug said with the Batman Joker. Yeah, Joker, he, he, that's he his needs, nemesis. Yeah, he needs Len to be there. And as much as I think that they argue, he wants him around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If Leonard um, had died in this, you know, he'd, he'd been absolutely devastated. Um, he just doesn't want a minute. He's, he's still at the age of, you know, if, if he was at Dresden, he must be what, like 90 now, but he's still pretty childish. Um, yeah. Which is great. It's, it's part of his charm. Um, I mean, I, I've actually gone on that angle as well on mine. On um, you know, you get better, you will get, and, and and all that thing. But that's probably out of the six episodes he's in, I, he doesn't really do anything else that redeems him that much. So I've gone twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Um, yeah, I just think he's his miserable old git vibe just kind of <laughs> outweighs everything else. Um, 
and and watching it in during lockdown especially has, has made me miss um where i work so i work in a pub with many a miserable old git and seeing len and arthur makes me really miss them just to even that even that title of old git you know it's um can't can't wait to serve them and have them shouting at me again i think um, that but it's those kind of people that are the ones that you will moan about all the time but when they're not there they're the ones you miss Absolutely, and they were, they were yeah. when when my mum and dad had a pub there was there was a couple of old guys like that and then when they passed on it was that thing of like it, you miss that sound and you miss them having a go at you or you know moaning that the beer was warm or moaning that that someone's had their seat and it's almost part of the furniture you know it's the, i mean they those two guys len and arthur are part of the furniture of the village aren't they yeah and i think as soon as yeah, they, they disappear go then it'd be it's going to leave a massive hole i think yeah you hit that on that they are the 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 old git that you that you love and hate at the same time almost and and as as curtains uh right rightfully says um you know very much like babies in a lot of ways yeah Um, yeah yeah, and you, you can know, imagine you can imagine problem. that it is a thing that everybody wants to see like the way that Curtin and Kerry were almost like selling tickets lent on that wall watching the two of them argue because yeah. it's <laughs> it's it's entertainment for them to everybody in the village you know people will be looking in the, at their window going oh christ Len and Arthur are at it again and they they love watching it i've i've gone for 23 i don't i don't think he's a particularly nice guy he's he's not going to share his worthers put it that way i don't think he's going to share his i don't think so no i think it depends on his mood i mean because to me len's more of a git than arthur if you know what i mean yeah it would be interesting actually it'd be interesting to see what we what we scored len for for um Mm. uh i can let me just see if i can work it out what do we put len for as well, I, yeah, twenty-seven was Len's score for random act of kindness. Yeah, um, he didn't. We we were we were quite sure he didn't have very much kindness in him at all, did we? No. So at the moment, at the at the moment, Arthur's on an average of thirty-four, so he's slightly more kinder. But they're both gits. old old gits, aren't they? That's mm. what they are. They're both cantankerous old buttocks. A pair of old cantankerous <laughs> buttocks. <laughs> I, I can um, I can imagine I can just about picture Arthur uh, buying someone a pint or or, or saying to Curtin or whoever's at the bar the keepers like one for yourself. Whereas Len would struggle to even buy one for himself. You know, mm. he'd try and blag whatever he could mm. and, and, and certainly wouldn't help him out. So yeah, I, I guess I guess that works, doesn't it? He's got like he should, Arthur should probably be a little bit higher that regard and also well going on to it'll be the the end category we see arthur um when curtain is looking from afar at the bowls club he's having a right old laugh with some of the women mm. you know and they that you know he doesn't seem to be a pain in the ass there he seems to be sort of fitting in quite well and having a laugh and being part of the group so you know but i still think 20 yeah, I, for the yeah. first time in about 70 years though isn't it Exactly, exactly. I think we caught him on a good, good day, <laughs> a good day of well, the year. I, with that, I really get Curtin's jealousy. He's wondering what this new barman has done um, to to be able to make Arthur um, start laughing again. And I, I understand Curtin's guilt completely. Like, there's de- def- definitely definitely um, some grumpy old 
people that I've served in, in my career that um, have not, you know, given me the time of day, but other bartenders they find really funny. And it's, yeah. it's upsetting. <laughs> it's like you take it personally, don't you? That's the thing. Yeah I've, I've oh, had yeah. That, yeah, I've had that before where you'll have somebody will give you one word answers, then somebody else will serve them and they're telling them their life story and having yeah, a good yeah. laugh or telling them a joke. Yeah, I've, I've had that before. And I don't want to hear their life story necessarily. I just want the option. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want you to be the one that making that decision not that not the customer exactly exactly yeah that's how yeah. it should be exactly yeah right cockwomble how much of a cockwomble do we think he is uh doug you can go first um, okay so well he's he's wally of the year um to be uh it, it, it looks like it's going that way uh when we first hear about the awards so that makes me think it needs to be pretty high. Um, I do. It does make me wonder. He obviously became insufferable enough um, to go and get euthanized, as Curtin says, which is like yeah. all pretty dark. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I think Curtin's right. I think he bottled it. Um, and I just I don't I, I don't know how I feel about it really. Um, and I also think he does try and do some pranks on Len which backfire and Len should not be that hard to prank. Uh, so I've gone with 65. Um, although based on what we've just said on the previous three, I'm again, think I'm going to push it to 70. Okay. And I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay there, mate. So okay. <laughs> no, no offense, Neil. No, that's all right. No, it's only cause I completely forgotten about the silver surfers. Okay. So that, yeah, 70. Well, I've gone 65. Um, basically for the same, the same reason. I, I mean, I don't think he's as much of a cockwomble as Martin or anyone like that, but he's definitely got cockwombledness in him. Um, a lot more. Well, I think him and Len are cut from the same cloth. That's the thing. They're, they are just both the same sort of age. They both, I think, are the same sort of um, life, if you like, same kind of disappointments. Um, and they both are in the same kind of mood. I think that's what it is. So um, things will piss them off and things will get on their nerves. But uh, yeah, I sort of agree with you on that, Doug. Uh, Neil? You're not going to believe it. 60. Ah. I think he's well in tune to be a cockwomble when he wants to be. And and that's, uh, you know, the old git in him, isn't it, that comes out. I, I disagree. I think Len's more of an old, a cockwomble than he is. You know, you're saying that they're cut from the same cloth. Len's got a bit, bit of a sadder story than I think than Arthur. You know, he's ended up in the lockup. You know, with all of his hoarding. You, you're, saying my, you're saying my story about the stolen marrow isn't as sad as whatever's happened to Len. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you see, Len's ended up, isn't he, living in a in a garage. And most of his family have died. Yeah, with, you yeah. know, uh, you know, pestered I mean, by a malevolent crow, you know. There will always be another marrow. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't yeah, think he's as a... high as Len. I really don't. I think Len's more of a, can be more of a cockwomble. Although Arthur is, you know, a cockwomble to Len and other people as well. So, yeah, 60 guess, for me. Yeah. Um, Arthur's not got a reputation uh, sort of, weird and dark enough to be um associated with you know shagging a fox and and, and mm. things like that and he um, doesn't well as far as we know he doesn't store his own feces does he <laughs> no well that, that's no. in my chapter five but um no we'll <laughs> <that>. <laughs> what arthur's storing his own or is he storing lens <laughs> 
I don't uh, want to take any spoilers away. Yeah. Oh, I want to read it now. But then again, see, Len hasn't wanted to euthanize himself. That's one thing that that is in you know in in Len's sort of top draw. Is that man? I don't even know if that's a thing. Is it mm. Len's top? Len, draw? Len, Len, what, Len doesn't have any, and this is really sad. But uh, Len doesn't have any family left, really, as as he sort of tells us in series one. So he doesn't have the family around him to irritate, and because that's that's what Kern says, isn't it? Is that, that Arthur's become a massive drain on his family, and then he's going to Switzerland. It's it's pretty dark. Yeah, <laughs> it's very dark. Um, right. So talking about that, having a laugh. <laughs> how much of a laugh do you think Arthur is? Um, uh, well, I've gone thirty-five. I don't. I think apart from that moment when Curtin sees him and he's laughing, I think when he's had a couple of pints, maybe at the bowls club. I'm not. I don't think he's life and soul of the party, but I think he'd be chatting away and stuff. But I don't think. I think the majority of it is is um, angry, grumpy old man person. Um, Neil, thirty. He's got the ability to still have a laugh, as we saw in the bowls club, but it's not something he chooses to do very often. I think. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's exactly that. Yeah, so thirty. Okay, Doug. Um, sort of going off. So we know he hasn't laughed um, since the Second World War, but then after that, he actually. Um, comes up with some really good stuff once he does have that first laugh with Neil, the new barman. So my, my examples are, um, so he calls, according to Kerry, he calls Colin an absolute bozo, which I've got a lot of time for. Yeah. We then see him having a laugh uh, at the club. Um, but then what what really has given him extra points with me is uh, the crow remark that he makes about June. Um, because we all hate June. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, so I mean, I've only given him forty, so I've not gone miles above you guys. But um, yeah, I think to have not laughed for seventy years and then come up with lines like "bozo" and um, "crow," what is it? Crows belong in a field, not the village hall, and whatever it is he's laughing about at the bowls club, which you know breaks Curtin's heart, and, and I understand that. Um, yeah, I, I think he's just redeemed himself a bit there. So it, I think he would have been, but without that, if we'd only seen Arthur in uh in series two then he's he's like a 20 or 25 but he's yeah he's just pulled a few points back me i think he's quite quick-witted isn't he i think mm-hmm. he's quite he's he's there with a quip if he needs one because uh, like you say the whole stuff at the silver surfers when he's he's taking the piss out of um uh len and saying oh you know, you know they, they don't deliver email on sundays or whatever you know he's he's quick-witted with a with a line and a joke if he needs one um, I just don't think it's that often, but obviously he's he's definitely got there. So, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good um, score. It's quite interesting, actually. I've got Len's card in front of me compared to what the averages are for Arthur. Now that we finished the um, the categories, so the, these are the scores we've got for Arthur so far: got range sixty-seven, uh, Peeper sixty-four, random acts of kindness thirty-four. Cockwomble 65, having a laugh, 35. Um, and if you compare that to Len, so Arthur forgot range was 67, Len was 68. Peeper, 64, Len was 51. Random Acts of Kindness, 34, Len was 27. Cockwomble, 65, Len was 66. And having a laugh, 35, Len was 22. 
So it's very, very similar. Mm. Which I, I think you, you'd imagine they would be, wouldn't you? With their rivalry. You say Len was 22 for having a laugh? He was. Uh, yeah, no, to be... I mean, I remember listening to the episode. Yeah, that sounds about right. He's, I think Arthur, like we sort of said, he does does get funnier as it goes on. Uh, and even even just then, when I was saying about the funny things he does, I'd, I'd, by then I'd forgotten about the silver surface, which, like you said, is is genius. Um, mm. Gonna be so if we're playing with the top trumps when they're finished, which I can't wait for, by the way. So <laughs> if someone else has got Len and I've got Arthur. It could be pretty interesting. It's gonna, it's gonna be fun. I think because I was looking back on the ones that we've completed so far, and there is apart from I think Martin, who who obviously blew away the peeper score. <laughs> There, there are a uh, yeah, there are a lot of um, categories that are you know very similar, mm. um, and I think when you play the game, it's going to be quite interesting with ones that come up against each other because some of them are going to be very similar, some of them are not going to be very similar. Some of them, I think, it might be where you pick and pick the category and have exactly the same score on some of them, you know, and they go into the pile. Um, I think that's how you play it, isn't it? And then you go. It is, yeah. yeah. I can't remember it, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's going to be it's going to definitely be very interesting. Um, I I think that's that's pretty right what we've got there, and I think we all went for relatively the same kinds of scores. Um, I don't think it was anything that was majorly. Uh, random acts of kindness. Neil said fifty, and then we. Yeah, I thought he had a bit more kindness than you guys. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and then Peeper, I think, where you said forty for Peeper, and and we went seventy two and eighty. So yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think you're you're a little bit more kinder to Arthur than yeah. I just to me uh, from watching the series, yeah, he can be a git and he is an old git, but he's not as much of a git as Len. So that's how I was gauging it. Yeah. Len, Len, out of the two old gits, is the gittish of the two. <laughs> I love how for Peeper originally you went. Really low, like twenty or something. Yeah, because I completely forgotten about the Silver Surfer. Yeah. But 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 then it'd be it's you know it's fair enough that you didn't want to go from like twenty to like seventy, uh, you know, over what could have been a one-off incident. The big mm. thing. Now I certainly don't believe that it was a one-off, but um, it, it could have. Well, been. it might not be, but you know, I don't consider myself a peep, a dirty peeper, <laughs> and I, you know, and I subscribe to big jugs. <laughs> now, please. Don't start saying anything that's going to be controversial again. We've had two weeks of you saying something controversial. Not, that's as far as I go. Yes, let's not go any further. Right, that's it now. Uh, we need to hand over to our listeners to give us the scores. Before that, uh, Doug, do you want to tell everybody about your quizzes that you uh, that, that you hold and uh, how people can get involved? I'd absolutely love to, yeah. And also, because... Um, you weren't able to make the last one um so what i've got here is my um script that i wrote for jimmy walker with the questions so do you guys want to have a little go absolutely I yes never please quiz yeah okay so what i did was uh i played the clip from oven space when we hear about uncle nugget and okay. this is it was a kind of memory test but i'm going to test you guys without having just seen the clip unless you watched oven space before this recording um but we'll, we'll do it i doubt it um <laughs> so in that clip where they hold up the justice banner, which Swindon shirt was Kerry wearing? Was it four four two nationwide FIFA or Samsung? Nationwide four four two. I think correct. 
Oh, oh yeah, nationwide was correct. Uh, well Get done. in. Okay. Uh, can you tell us the exact date on which Uncle Nugget was wrongly, as Kerry puts it, incinerated? Oh, my God. No, is the answer not off the top of my head now. <laughs> is, sh- is, really. is it June? No. Okay. Do you, do you no. want to have a go at the year? Um, 2002. Uh, 2007. That's nine. Oh! So if, we, if that was a tiebreaker. Um, okay, I think this one. What was Nugget drinking in the photo that we see of him? Pint Guinness. of lager, isn't it? Uh, it's Guinness, yeah. Yeah. Get um, it. And then that, there's, there's no reason why you should be getting these because there's people who've just seen the, the clip seconds before. But um, how many hostages were there on the bus? Oh, I should know this. Was it 12? It's not. I'll go 10. It's 20. Oh. Okay, and the final question, you might guess where this is going. How many of those hostages thought it was a laugh? None. Um, three. Well, no. <laughs> that's where I got the 12 from. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's yes. where I got so, the 12 you know, 12, 12 of those hostages found it funny. But yeah, I mean, that, 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 that was pretty savage, to be fair. Um, I'll give you a couple, just a couple of um, slightly nice ones. Um, when Curtin asks for a timetable for 51 bus, what does he get given instead? He gets uh, Birdland, the... map for Birdland. Correct. Isn't it? Yeah. Correct. Uh, and how much uh, does Martin claim he costs the landlord of the keepers per year? 50, 50 grand. 50 grand is correct. Well done, boys. Yeah. Thank um, you. Yeah. Uh, so, the, well, leading on from that. So, uh, a few months ago, um, early January, end of December, uh, the lovely Ross Carpenter posted in the Dump Gang group, which hopefully most listeners are aware of, uh, if you're not into the Facebook group. Uh, he basically posted um, a thing asking if anyone had any fundraising ideas. And I've basically spent the last year doing virtual quiz nights. Um, with, and, you know, obviously the pandemic has been uh, very quiz and mean heavy, and that's sort of what I specialise in. So I've been able to put what I thought were pretty useless skills um, and make them quite handy. Um, so... If there's any Peep Show fans listening and you're familiar with Dobby Club's quizzes, uh, that's me. And if you're not, uh, then definitely want to check those out. So you can just find Dobby Club on Instagram. Uh, my personal project is Gavin and Stacey. So if there's any Gavin and Stacey fans listening, that's Uncle Bryn's cracking meme page. Um, although I've not got any more quizzes in the near future. But the big one, the one we're all listening to, the podcast for the one we're excited about, is the This Country quizzes. So I did one as myself um, and had, I think, 12 teams, most of them just the Dump Gang admin, um, which was really <laughs> lovely to turn up. Um, uh, but then uh, we had we had the main man. We had uh, Paul Cooper, my Mucklow, host the quiz. Uh, and he was incredible. Um, he did most of it in character. Uh, it was obviously all done on Zoom. So anyone who had their camera on, he'd say, right, Doug, unmute them. I'm going to slag them off. And he'd say, you know, what's wrong with your sofa? Or your bunting looks shit. And, you know, just being being a peeper. And he, he was brilliant. This is all, all for charity, by the way. Um, <laughs> and then last month, we had Jimmy Walker, who plays Dan. Um, and he spent most of the night talking about his uh, attraction to uh, strong women. Um, and he, and he, he talked loads about his career. He's quite 
a young actor, but he's doing lots and lots at the moment. He yes. was in Chernobyl and all exactly. sorts. He's a really interesting guy to chat to. And we just had a really good laugh. Um, and then next month, it, we've got Trevor Cooper. We've got Len coming on. Yay! Um, so you will have fun with him. You know, it, I'm, I can't wait. Uh, I've listened to your podcast with him. He sounds brilliant. So, yeah, it's going to be really fun. And then um, he said he's happy to do a bit of a Q&A as well. Um, so, yeah, it's been great. So that's uh, that's the project. Um, so what's the that. best what, what's the best way of getting the information because we can put it on our a link on the uh, on the show notes yeah uh, so for this one um, i'll give you guys the ticket link and that'll take you straight to the website so i think it's a fiver in uh ross has chosen the charities this month um it's kdrs and it's uh speakeasy now there's there's two a month in, in the dump gang, dump gang group um, but yeah, I'll, I'll give you guys a ticket link. That'd be great. And then all that happens after that is you get an email on the night with the Zoom link and you need a second device to submit your answers. There you go. Well, we will put that link in the uh, show notes. Um, so, when yeah, is when is the next one? Yeah. That's, that's Friday the 9th of April. And um, it's just, uh, we're going to carry on after that because I did say to Ross that like, I'm going to struggle because I, I go back to work next Thursday. Um, so I'm kind of glad we're recording this tonight. Um, rather than on the eve of me going back to work. Um, so I'm not really doing much in the way of quizzes. I'm hoping we can start doing them live again. But um, we will be making the exception for the Dump Gang one, because it's great. And it's, you know, but it's all, all the Dump Gang, this country fans, like coming together and get, getting to meet a cast member and, and talk about the show and, and have a laugh. Um, and it's similar to what you guys do, which is, is why it's just a really fun project to be, to be sort of running and, and being involved with. Wonderful. Brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah, we're all brilliant. for a good good old quiz and all that kind of stuff. Um, right, like I said, it's now over to you listeners to uh give us your scores for Arthur Andrews. Uh Neil, do you want to tell everybody the best way to do that? Absolutely. Please uh, submit your scores if you'd like on any of the social media sites where you can find us under This Country Pod. If you haven't already given us a like, please do so and give us a follow. You can email your scores to us at wtafthiscountry@hotmail.com, and you can go to the website at wtafpodcast.com and submit them there. And also get tickets for the final live show on November the 26th. Indeed. And as we are number 36 in the Australian Apple Podcast TV review charts, um, even in Britain, you can leave us a review and a rating. Leave us a lovely five-star rating and a review. And uh, who knows? I might be able to say we're in the top 10 of the UK chart. I think we were in the hundreds and something last time I looked. Um, And also come and be like the wonderful Doug. Come and be a Patreon peeper. Just go to patreon.com forward slash WTAF and it uh, it just helps support the podcast uh, and keeps the lights on and uh, keeps <laughs> Neil in sunglasses and... Uh, and he- you get a little gift as well. You get a little gift, yeah. If you, you do. Uh, if you are a three pound peeper, you get the uh, the sticker, and if you are a five pound a month peeper, you get the limited edition enamel pin uh, and the sticker. So you get both. Um, so yes, that's it for that. That's it for this. <laughs> what, what a snazzy outro that is. Um, so that's it. Thank you again, Neil. Thank you very much, Pa. Thank you very much for joining us, Doug. It's been a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you so much, guys. That was epic. See you yeah, soon. Well done, Doug. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, thank you very much for listening and go and get plumbed, you fuckers. 
Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal.